We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Nice jumper. Got it. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep Podcast Network. This is a Eurostep slash win in six collaboration in the closing minutes of the Bucks beat down loss at the hands of the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn. Uh, currently, the score, they're down about 40. Uh, we'll have score updates. Not that it really matters. I think, I think all of our takeaways for this game have pretty much been set in stone by third quarter, somewhere about, maybe earlier. I'm joined by Adam McGee and Jordan Tresky of the Win in Six podcast. A little bit of a ludicrous question to ask given the circumstances, but Adam, Jordan, how's it going? Do you want to go first, Jordan? Bucks and six still on the table. Still on the table. <laughs> um, yeah. The books themselves might be under the table. Could be the problem. Yes. Yeah. Um, maybe eventually end up swept under the rug. But yeah, I, I'm not great, Ty. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't supposed to be on tonight's podcast. It was supposed to be an off night for you. I watched and, uh, some miserable basketball and I was like, yeah, I guess that's if I've watched this, if I've made it this far, might as well go to therapy. And here we are. It really, I'm glad that we all look at that. This is Bucks podcasting. It's not art. It's not science. It's not media. It's just therapy. That's why we do this at the end of the day. So not to discount real therapy, all that, but for us, we need this right now. Um, we didn't need this performance that the Bucks put on. I think there's so many places you could start. I'm sure this podcast is ultimately going to be about a lot more than game two because it's just one of those losses and one of those circumstances that makes you evaluate a lot more than a series or a game or anything like that or a player or a coach. But I do think there's, of course, a lot of conversation about Mike Budenholzer uh, so I think we should start there. I think that's what people are going to be asking and thinking about the most, although there are a lot of poignant player conversations to be had as well, and I want to get there. But Budenholzer coming off of the Masterclass Miami series. I remember, I think it was the game four post-game, or it could have been a preview for this. I don't remember which pod. But basically, I was like, well, it was a great series, 
but they've had eight months to look at mostly the same Miami team and think about all those losses and figure out how to do it better. Is, is, is it just having the, the notes ahead of the test or is it Budenholzer being a whole different animal in the playoffs all of a sudden? And I'm feeling like it was more the former at this point in time. Certainly, I, again, I want to make this very clear. I don't think any of us, if I don't think this, I think you guys certainly don't. Not This is not all on Budenholzer. No, for no, sure. close. For sure. I, I just want to say that, but... We'll get to that. I, I mean, yeah, I think that's one of the good. big things worth... I don't think this will make anyone feel better. I, like, for me, this has always been a part of it. I have not been a fireball cheerleader, ringleader. I haven't really been part of it. As much as I wasn't a kid either, even though I thought Jason Kidd was a terrible coach who needed to be fired. <laughs> and part of that is, I think, when the discourse goes that way around any sports team, it's searching for an easy fix. And it's really the nice idea it's the one that as fans you want to hold up it's just you know you know the steve care is out there which was always the thing and now that enough time has passed that everyone could come around and that and look at it another way but that was that was initially when kid went even how books fans viewed it it's this idea that oh it's just this one thing it's just this one thing this will happen everything will be unlocked it will all be fine and you look at the books tonight and there's so much wrong. There's so much wrong. And I say that and will acknowledge they may well be the second best team in the NBA. But even if that's the case, the gap between them and number one is, you know, cavernous. And if you ever want to bridge that and you're going to have to try because you've got a player who that's where he wants to be, that's where you've got to aim to be. He has his own work to do to help you mm-hmm. to get there. But that's the kind of spot the books are going to be. And I wish we could sit here and just say, yeah, you know, it's Bud. Bud's up to the same stuff again, which he is. Um, So is Giannis. So is Chris. So have the front office been. I think now that we're looking at, like, I we talked about this privately um, in our in our group chat. I'm sure everyone would love to be a part of that. But, you know. <laughs> Gotta gotta get a podcast on the Eurostep Podcast Network to get into that one. There's no screenshots will get you in there. Closest um, possible thing though, the Discord you can get in there. It is that is true. Rating and review. Just keep that in mind. But Adam, sorry, go on. No, no, that's a valid point, Ty. But we talked about this. It's like the bench, the bench, the coach could get more of them. Maybe it could be managed better. But the bench looks like every other bench we've seen just flounder for the books. And once again, you're like, oh, yeah, this bench that for a while we were like, oh, they've got some depth. No, they haven't. They haven't for the kind of series where it really matters, where they're really tested to the utmost. The roster building doesn't hold up. The coaching doesn't hold up. And the individual performances of players don't hold up. It doesn't mean it's impossible. It doesn't mean the books can never get there. But I do think if this series carries on as it has been, and I don't know if you're listening and you've, you're feeling confident that it won't. Congratulations to you. I admire your positive mental outlook on life. <laughs> it, I can't. I can't be there. I've. I've been a fool. I believe in this team again. Mm. I don't know why. I do know why. They look good. You know what? They look good. It happens every year. They look good, and then it falls apart. But I. I have been a fool. I need that on the record. Jordan, you've got something. See, 
I don't think people are necessarily wrong to believe in, in this team into believing this team. Yeah. Especially after the heat and granted the heat and the nets not comparable whatsoever. Um, and what we saw from the Bucks this year and having drew and the impact of all the stuff that they did differently. The, 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 the thing that the Bucks they, they chose to want to do it different this year. They, they try to learn from their lessons. The problem was the rug got pulled from out from under them. And the team that we said after we were complaining about the Bucks moving on from Malcolm Brockton and them re-signing their players and all this stuff is that the sleeping giant in the East was Brooklyn Nets when Kevin Durant got healthy. And he's healthy. He's very healthy and he's very that, good. <laughs> that clip that is everywhere on my timeline, I'm sure it's everywhere on yours, is one of the most outrageous basketball plays I've seen in yes. many years. Just the, the cross up on Giannis. That and, is like uh, his end of career highlight reel kind of play. It's not in a big enough moment for that, but just on a skill level, I actually don't think there's another player in the NBA who can do that. Nope. It's been a little while. Since he's looked quite that good, I would rather if he had have you know postponed it for a little while longer. I th- look, we we know that this team could go on to be one of the best teams of all time because they have the players to do it. It's there. We all know that. I think there was a just enough areas where I believe though the books could you know have some control over this, make it into a series, and then if they could make it into a series. Jordan, you know this. This has been my line all season. Test these nets. I think they can crack. Right now, I still believe that. I don't see the Bucks testing them, though. No. So we're, ne- we're never going to get to the point of seeing that. And also, I'm going to sound like a crazy person, but again, Jordan knows this has been something that I've been beating the drum on all season. Part of my optimism on the possibility of the Bucks holding up against the nets was You've got three of the biggest egos, biggest personalities. The potential for some very weird dynamics with the Brooklyn Nets. They'd hardly played together all season. My attitude was, "Mm, if they're kind of doing that on the fly in the playoffs, it could all go wrong. Guess what? First possession of game one. That problem might have gotten taken care of. Like, I'm not I'm not naive enough to be like, oh, you know, this this series got much harder for the books when James Harden went down. But the way that the Nets have played would not be how they'd be playing if they had James Harden. The ball just wouldn't be moving like that. It wouldn't be possible. You wouldn't be getting role players doing the kind of damage they've been doing as well, which in some ways is it's they've transformed into the kind of team that hurts the books more. A version not dissimilar to last year's Miami Heat, some ways in terms of offense, yet the two kind of the two heads of the snake in this case happen to be Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And that is pretty different to uh, Jimmy Bruce Butler. Brown. Don't forget about Bruce Brown. Yeah. Bruce Brown is Bryn Griffin, Chris Middleton's Jimmy Butler. That makes sense. That analogy makes sense. <laughs> to circle back. Um, Ty, you're going to have to keep this on the road. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> Bud has to go. Uh, I don't want to belabor the or belabor the point. Um, I just I don't think it's necessary. They took no shots in the restricted area in the first quarter. I mean, I think everyone who covers the Bucks, a lot of disagreements in that community, sure. But like, 
the size, the Bucks' size. That's the one thing that clearly worked at least a little bit in game one. I mean, Brooke Lopez shoots 80% from two. Giannis was getting inside a bit. You know, get guys moving inside and you can do some damage at the rim against the Nets. And they don't even attempt a shot. And it's like, you just can't. I mean, you just can't. I mean, they were unorganized the entire game offensively. The amount of isolations was too damn high to quote a meme that a lot of younger people listening to this episode probably never heard of, which is fine. It's it's too damn high. It wasn't a convoluted reference. That's what it means. But it was just like they were completely unorganized all along. And again, I think like the Bucks' defense wasn't very good. And, you know, KD was doing KD things for sure, to be honest. But Brooklyn hangs 125, which is a lot. And I know there was a lot of garbage time in this game too. But this is a team that can and will put up 130, 140. And the whole thing is you have to score to beat the Nets. Like you can play great defense and it won't matter to this team. And the Bucs put up 86 points. And again, there's a lot of garbage time, but they weren't on track for much more. If, if When's the were. last time the Bucs put up 86? Just a matter of you. Can I remember off top? No. Like, that's, that's I, a very you, low number. I'll, I'll look it up as you keep going, but I feel like it's been mm. a while. Yeah. Um, it's very bad. It's a very bad number to score against any team, but especially the Brook. I mean, I imagine Brooklyn has not scored less than 86 all season. And if they did, it's probably when like five guys were healthy, but it's just, you know, that can't happen. There's a lot of conversations about how Giannis should be used. I think that are going to be very pressing and probably determine the Bucks' long-term future. I tweeted at one point, because you know, there is a Giannis conversation to be had 18 points on 15 shots clearly isn't enough. doesn't matter how bad the scheme is against a, not a very bad, the 23rd and defensive rating Nets team. Giannis can't have 18 points. It just can't happen. I mean, it's very clear that that's not good enough. I tweeted he's got to be more Shaq and less KD. And I think that's that's a tough reality. It's hard to tell the guy who came over from Greece via Nigeria and built himself into a two-time MVP that he should play less with the ball. But the Bucs would be better if he did. Although they might not have the ball handlers to beat this Nets team anyway. They'd still be better than him running into set defenses and taking threes from the top of the key and taking all these fadeaways, a shot that, you know, we see this slight improvement on every year, but not at high enough volume to trust clearly. And two for seven from free throw speaks for itself. Um, so there's a, there is a Giannis conversation for sure. But at the same time, it's like if the players aren't going to play well and they're not going to be put in good spots, that's how you lose by what, 39 it was it was 40 at one point. It was 30 with starters in in the third quarter. I don't think it got to 30 by halftime, but it felt like it. So my biggest takeaway is, yeah, Bud has to go. Yeah, there has to be some roster moves. I think, yeah, you look at the front office, and we joked before the pod, that picture of Masai with, was it Wes Edens? Suddenly it went from like a fun, maybe a little icing on the cake of a great season to like, please, God, let this be something and not just a random conversation. This is it's the organ- Wolverine meme. Someone Photoshop yeah. it so yeah. I don't have to. Yeah, it's, make that happen. It's Wolverine in the frame. He's looking at Wes Edens and Masai Ujiri. Um, But this is an organizational failure. That's what it is. That's the, the term that's been in my head the whole second. I didn't watch the whole second half, but it was bouncing around in my wow. head. Wow. While the second half was playing. We were podcasting. Oh, I saw what I, I needed to watching. see. Um, it's over now. They lost. Uh, in case yes. anyone was wondering who was who wasn't sure about the result of the game by now. But it's, it's organizational. It's top to bottom. I mean, there's so many things that have gone wrong that I, I I get why people who are more fixated on one thing than the other kind of lash out. You know, the people who say, and I'm saying say, not believe, because these are all true. People who say Chris wasn't good enough are saying, stop talking about Bud. Chris wasn't good enough. Stop talking about Chris. Bud wasn't good enough. Giannis, blah, 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 the bench. 
you're all right. And all yeah, the things need to be problem. talked about. Yeah, yeah, that's the issue. It's like, don't tell anyone to shut up if they're identifying another thing. Like these all need to be addressed if we want the Bucks to be where the Nets are right now on their way, presumably to at least playing for a championship. I, I have the answer. The last time the Bucks, um, well, scored 86 or under in a game. Didn't happen this season. Didn't wow. happen last season, regular season <laughs> or playoffs. It was the 9th of February 2019 against the Orlando Magic, which is a game I have the misfortune of remembering. Um, they lost 103-83 to the Magic, which oh. was one of the worst games of a 60-win season by a long way. Um, yeah. The worst, we could Did probably Giannis go and say. Hurts? Um, I don't know, Jordan. I, Giannis did not play. Which oh, there you go. That goes a long way to explaining it, I suppose. <laughs> and if that would mean if I had to dig into the last time Giannis was in the court and they spent it, they scored only eighty six points, they'd be gone back even further. It was before he, he was an MVP, so before the Budenholzer yeah. era, probably. Kid was yeah. probably our prunty was probably the coach. Yeah, you're right on organizational failure because. God, there's so much stuff that we could wade back into here and bring up. Like it's just asset mismanagement. Do your favorite one. Do it. I know you I know you want to. I don't even know which one is my favorite one. Guy playing for Denver right now. <laughs> oh no, that's just the current one. That's, oh, yeah, you okay, know, fair. For your favorite current one. Issue. Well, yeah. that would help. I think Austin yeah. Rivers would help. The books are just desperately lacking ball. I'll go, I'll go one further. Miles Powell. Come on. You go <laughs> two pain was- over Miles Powell. <laughs> Mike James was available. I right? forgot how weird that was too. Why yeah. did the books just not do any kind of signing in a normal way anymore? I've got a deep cut, Jordan. I think you'll appreciate this. EJ Montgomery, <laughs> who declared himself a Bucks two-way player and then just wasn't. Was not, but yet invited to training camp and then was that last EJ. summer? No, there was, uh, or yes. It was before the season, right? Yes. I don't remember that. So uh, I assume it was in my sabbatical. Sabbatical. (laughs) Potential future herd player, EJ Montgomery, but. uh, Might need another sabbatical soon. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, you just, you look at everything and it's individually some of the stuff. It's, I just can't believe like we're at the groundhog day point. Have you seen these guys dying on every screen? Like going under on Kevin Durant. Bobby Portis dropped Kyrie against Irving. a KD pick and roll. It's, it's got to be the Bud Magnum Opus. Oh, Bobby Portis, guys. I mean, he's I not alone. It's everyone. But Bobby Portis, I wasn't on the last game. Let's just say his, his name is fitting after what we've seen so far this season. Bobby or Portis. series. Portis. Yeah. Portis. That block that Nick Claxton had on him in game one, where it's like... Bobby Portis looked like he was 37 years old all of a sudden. It's like you can't break away. You can't get up off two feet. Eviscerated. Just eviscerated. Nick Claxton has been good. I remember that's something we talked about on our pre-series episode, Jordan. Unfortunately, we were like, hey, if this guy, you know, if he goes and has a series, the Nets are just going to be like, oh, I guess we've got a we've got a starter for years to come. I think they've got a starter for years to come. I think he's just going to eviscerate guys forever with the rest of those players around them. But the stuff that really, I, I mean, my biggest concern is Chris because, yeah. I mean, all the talk is the offense and his offense has been terrible mostly by, you know, getting hot when the game was out of hand. The defense 
it's the worst I've ever seen him defend. He looks absolutely cooked. He's so slow. He guarded KD really well over the past couple of seasons. This and we regular get to season. this point, and he's just like just blown by every time. He can't keep up with he can't keep up with Durant's brain, first and foremost. Yeah. And then he can't keep up with his feet. He can't keep up with Durant's handle, which has been I mean, I I would have put Durant maybe as the third best handle on this team. Not that oh, that was yeah. any knock. Oh, at, at third at best. I mean, when it when Harden and not, Kyrie are there. But that hasn't been the case. Like in the playoffs, you're like, oh, maybe Durant is just as good as these guys if he wants to be, if he needs to be. He's been at a completely different level. I know him and Kyrie's numbers in game one weren't at the level they could be. But I feel like their play was right there. And they were both just playing the way the team needed to, playing the right way. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blake Griffin... I didn't watch game one on Twitter. And the next morning when I turned my phone on, I logged on. There were, I saw multiple articles about like this Blake Griffin game. And I was kind of like, really? This is how people saw the Blake Griffin game? You kind of, you live with that. And then it sort of happens again. And I was like, okay, well, this is a problem. And when you're not getting much of anything off him defensively, look how Giannis has destroyed him for years. And it's like he's hitting a wall when he goes into Blake Griffin. Not to, but there's you know, no, walls. it's just one. It's, it's just one. one player. And it's yeah. not someone that we would have anticipated doing that. I'm, I'm I think, just saying all sorts of things. I'll pass it over to you because I don't, I don't have specifics for this game because just so much went wrong. Like Pat Connaughton, for example, uh, maybe his worst few minutes and there's been, you know, there's some competition there. One, yeah. But... I don't know. The Heat series is not good either. It, it This is as rough as it's been. You just look at the bench and you're like, oh, I guess Bryn Forbes did some stuff today. Least. Forbes was solid. I mean, defense is what it is. He's minus 22, but 10 Looking for him, him, he'll like probably be on the Nets next year. <laughs> yeah. No, like I think I wrote about this um, I, for my game preview uh, earlier today, and I finished... <laughs> I finished it out saying game two is going to tell us a lot about what this Bucks team is capable of doing. And it's like, I, when I wrote, I finished writing that. I was like, Oh, it would suck if they just got blown out. And it's like, 
<laughs> watching that game, I was like, you just tempted the devil, didn't you? The Yeah, I was, I mean, that's what's so, I think what's so, what puts the final nail on the coffin, the, the Budenholzer coffin, is just the lack of resolve. Yeah, you know, yep. you, number one thing for me. It's, it's like, because we can we can go to the Heat series last year. We can go to the Raptors collapse. We can go back to Atlanta. Like it's not. It's just. It's the nature of of this. It's not a narrative. It's a distinct. This is just what happens. With is your is your greatest concern with that though? Not that it also predates, but. Yes, it, it comes, is my down, greatest it comes down to the core of the most important players on this roster. And it's a conversation that we've had in many different guises, all three of us over many years. Like I could probably think back to 2015, 16, when there were plenty of sky high expectations for how the books are going to kick on. And my God, that they fall flat in their face. But at that point it was like, well, is part of the problem here that like, is Giannis a leader? Is Chris a leader? Have like, what way does this shake out mentality wise? Who takes the lead and is it the right way to get everyone? And we've had so many weird different iterations of veterans coming in and having their say. And sadly, something that a week ago I thought this is great, which is, you know, mm-hmm. that they're all dogs. Um, yeah. You now just add PJ Tucker to Uncle Juice. Yep. And Jess. He's going and... to Barcelona along with uh, Nikola Mirotic next summer. No, you know let's I mean? say like... along with Pau. Let's say along with Pau, a respectable veteran. <laughs> um, let's not sully the man's name like that. As much as his defense, mm-hmm. we expected more. Certainly, he looks, like he's doing, he looks like he's doing the Cupid shuffle out there. Let's he's just, say just old, and yes. we, yeah. we knew he was old, and that's yeah. part of why you know he had a lot of the year off, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it looks like it. He's not the guy he was three years ago, four years ago. Because guess what? Or a year he was ago. old then. Yeah. And he was kind of hanging on. It's like you just look at all of it and all of these little things that might have been hanging by a tread, but you know, made the whole thing home along against the Heat. Those treads are loose now. Maybe the books win game three and four. Mm. Maybe. So um, I want to I want to speak because I think it's it's glaring the lack of of resolve mental toughness whatever term you want to use it's out there I mean this series I think both games but especially this game after like the first few minutes like Brooklyn was just having a great time I mean every role player feels great they are not encountering any real resistance the Bucks are not having any sort of momentum after like. I don't know. The score was like seven to 10 or something at very early on. And I kept thinking like, wow, this does not seem good for the bucks. I'm surprised the score is this close. And then it wasn't for the whole rest of the game, yeah. but, but it's just like, there, it's, it's one of those things that a lot of people, especially those who are very fond of analytics will laugh at and say like, it's not real or whatever. But if you watch the game, like it's very, like it's palpable. You can feel it. Like the bucks were disengaged in this game pretty early on. And the Nets were the exact opposite. They were like, I mean, they were having fun doing it, 
but they were relentless. I mean, every single player was stepping into jumpers like they knew it was another nail in the coffin to borrow your analogy, Jordan. And they just, they, they hammered it shut. There's like a billion nails in the coffin right now. So I think whatever it is, I think I, I don't disagree that it's more than just Bud again. It's not like you don't get another coach and suddenly everyone is, is, you know, a rock hard badass. I do think it, you could, you could make some progress in that direction kind sure. of kind of expanding on what they did. Cause I think PJ and drew and sort of Portis, although he's been too bad to contribute in this sense, this series were moves in the right direction. I think a guy who hasn't played enough, probably named Thanasis is farther of a move in that direction. I think he's the one guy night in night out all season who brought, they just need a chainsaw. Action. Just throw a chainsaw <laughs> in the middle of the series. That's what, it is. That's, like, that's what it is. That is what he is. Maybe Thanasis injures six guys. You know, Maybe he injures so many guys the Nets don't have enough players to play. Um, the and Bucks the Bucks win by, by default. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they they I physically mean, cannot field a team. <laughs> no, I think to be sorry. To your when's point, the last time? Just one question on on what Holly said on this general point. When's yeah. the last time that either you can remember the books really fighting true adversity and showing some kind of steel in the playoffs? They never have. They've never won a series that they didn't win four straight games. I, I, I can say, remember one instance. They didn't even win the game, but I can yes, remember one instance where it honest. happened. And what I'm getting to here is it's time to bring back Prunty. <laughs> Wait, what? I assumed you meant the Budenholzer box. I thought you what's, meant the. What's your example, Joe? I would just say game six of first Raptors series, 2017, first round. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm I'm thinking of like when they've. But been that was also the team that they went against to was also the Bucks before them. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. that's how. Yeah, that is time. that is the real example, to be yeah. fair. That is, and that is the one time and that rally. I can't remember how they were down like 30 in that game. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's one of those moments again where it's like, oh, you know, you gotta believe in this team now, gotta believe from next year going forward. There's just never that. It's like, and that's the thing here, too. And we've seen some success and we've seen real progress. We've seen MVP awards multiple, we've seen coach of the year, we've seen all stars. And yet these series aren't just like the seasons aren't the books could have lost in the nets and we could have felt pretty good about it, particularly considering how the heat series went. There was a path to losing in the second round, feeling like progress was being made. And, you know, you could follow this same track and possibly win it all next year. But instead, we're now shaping up to be left with a sour taste than ever before. And that is just the problem. And to go back to Ty's point, about, you know, the Nets are walking into shots, you know, tearing the Bucks apart. I believe Giannis said it best after the Heat series. They're playing, you don't play with your food. Yeah. That's what they're doing right now. <laughs> Bruce Brown hit a shot, a floater over Giannis in yeah. the restricted area in, I think, the first quarter. And I was like, it's over. It's cooked. Like, they're not going to, if Giannis isn't going to, can't defend the room against Bruce Brown. It doesn't. I mean, Joe Harris is penetrating, like getting past Brooke Lopez and getting to that. I don't know. I know he's improved his game. I no one has to No, it's, Nets, it's if Nets fans existed, they sneaky, would come for me. Sneaky good element of his game for many years. Yes, he can penetrate. He's a better defender. I wrote I wrote an article about that like four years ago, Ty. So I've got receipts. A fine um, player. level exception a fine target. Player. All def- former all defensive team center, who that is literally his thing, should not be letting Joe Harris just get around him that easily. It was For like, sure. Everything, everything looks so easy. I, I want to ask a question because I think you were tongue-in-cheeking a little bit, Adam, but I want to pose this question to both of you. Do you think the Bucks actually win a game this series? I think they could. I think they might take one of the two home games, but 
based on what we've seen so far, I don't see it happening. And part of it is just, you know, all the issues we've laid out. I don't think, you know, it's, it's one of those where after game one, it was like, Bud needs to play the guys more and attack the rim and everything else. And like those things would help. But clearly, as we're laying out, the issues go so much deeper. That's part of the reason. Also, we still haven't seen the wild variance Nets game. Like I mentioned, they put up 125, which is a lot. But I mean, Katie and Kyrie, ah, they shot well from three, actually. They made eight of 14, but they only made eight total threes. Tonight could have been it if it had to be. It probably could have. It probably, but I, I just think there's going to be a point in this series when they hang 140 on the Bucks. Maybe they never have to because the games are yeah, over. Exactly. Like they yeah. could just, they could coast for a half tonight. And I think that takes the possibility of that off the table somewhat. I think the Bucks get a game. The Celtics got a game. I think that's kind of a measure of this. Celtics got a game. I think the Bucks could do the same. The Bucks, famous last words here, probably even with a lot of stuff wrong and this matchup not going well, they're going to play well once in four to five games. You would I think. hope. You would hope. If it's five games, well, it'll be too late. But they, they'll play. <laughs> they'll play well once in four games, I think. And at this point, it's hard to see them doing much more than that. Like you never know. You know, it's still at a point. It, it's crazy, and this is as low as it gets. And I would love nothing more than for people to be laughing at us a week from now, and for us to be laughing at ourselves because they win game three, game four, and we're right back in Brooklyn. They put in a good performance then, but that is just so far away right now. And I think the most troubling thing is when we talk about, say, that lack of fight, that lack of urgency is if you had that, even if you're getting blown out, you know, that's where if you find a spark with bench players and garbage time, I don't mind the Akita coming in there and throwing hands laying on. If they actually found something and the whole team focused and locked in in a way, I don't think that happened, though. You know, they don't look like a team that's just going to come out with a big response in game three. Maybe the Nets can get complacent. I think one thing that's for sure is Harden's not coming back anytime soon. They've now earned the, oh, the luxury yeah. of, Absolutely you know, let's, let's sit him out. We're probably getting through this series without him. We've got a, a two-game lead. And if we do need to bring him back, you know, let's cross that bridge when it comes to it because he can have three games off at least probably between now and having to do that. So yep. maybe some complacency slips in for the Nets. Maybe the books find a little bit of something. This is the books. You know what? They probably win game three lead for most of game four, lose it at the end. And, you know, they lift us right back up only to hurt us all the more. I, this is this is how this works. I'm getting used to it at this point. I think a sweep would almost be too swift, too, too easy. Yeah. Too right, because we're at, yeah. the, we're at the low now. We're at the low at the halfway point. They're not going to let us go out. When was like the last that. time the Bucks got swept? 80s. Oh, the yeah, Heat series. Winning six oh, yeah, series. Duh. Duh. <laughs> oh, of course. Podcast. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that did indeed happen. Um, I'm interested to hear from Jordan. I'm sure he's going to somehow call every possible remaining result as, as what he expects to happen. I actually think they are going to get swept. Um, and the reason is just because before the series, and we've touched on this already in the pod, but my take was like, this series sucks because they could play their best ball every game and still potentially lose the series because that's Brooklyn's level of talent. I don't think that's the case with Harden out. The ceiling obviously is a little lower for Brooklyn. I think if the Bucks played their best ball every game, I think they'd have a pretty good shot of winning. But, I mean, if they come together for one game and play well, it might not even be enough, which is – that's why I was so infuriated by game one just because, like, 
you can't afford to look like this ever against the Nets because you don't know how long your opportunity is going to be until they're just like pummeling you no matter what you do. So, you know, Harden goes out right away and they don't shoot well. They don't get to the line. They don't get, neither team got to the line in this game, which was honestly blissful. If it was longer, it would have felt even worse. But I just think the margin is so small anyway against Brooklyn and the Bucks are so far from playing well. I would be surprised if they won at this point, but Bucks fandom and, and watching is what it is. So I think you make a raise a really good point, Adam. It's probably not going to be that simple for us. There's no logic to it. It's just, you know, <laughs> the countless broken hearts yeah. is really all that comes in there. I mean, the other thing is game one was really bad. Game one just doesn't hold a candle to this. Like the game one, they could have won, you know, maybe a yeah. couple of things go their way. I, I tweeted this um, post game one. They lost every momentum swing went against them every single possible point where they could have got something going or where they could have kind of struck a blow against the nets they they were on the losing side of that and as much as the the final scoreline deeply deeply flattered them in game one maybe it didn't too because along the way there were enough moments where they could have just eaten into that and it could have been a real game albeit one they were never in control of the problem is we're on a slippery slope and I just don't know, like, what are you doing behind the scenes? What are the conversations? Like we talked about Bud, Bud's lack of adjustments, some of the things Bud goes to, but what is Bud? What are the coaching staff? What are they talking about now? And what are the players feeling about that? Like, what are you doing with Kyrie and Kevin Durant? You've, you've got nothing. Like that is the sad reality of it. Giannis in this game, just defensively, was a mess. It was one of those yes. frantic games that is like a real throwback for him where he's out of position frequently. There was that Joe Harris uh, play where he was just asleep. Joe Harris was open the corner and then, you know, hard, old-fashioned Giannis close out. And there was no JR, There was no Jason Terry to distract J.R. Smith on that play. You know what I mean? That was yeah, what it yeah. was. Yeah, exactly. It was that one. Um it's just things aren't good because no. I, the the moment for me where I was like, this is really, this has gone south was when I saw Drew on KD at a time when Kyrie was really hot. And I was like, they've gone past the point. Tucker can't, Tucker can't take Durant. Yeah. Giannis, not quite working. Yeah, that's true. Giannis wasn't quite working, but I also didn't get the feeling that Giannis just wanted to own that matchup tonight. Like he did with Jimmy Butler a series ago. That's not there in this, then you know, maybe for good reason because this is not Jimmy Butler's Kevin Durant. And, and Chris, I mean, Chris just hasn't got a chance. So if you've got to put Drew on KD, well, then Kyrie's just going to kill you. Like they, maybe they need Eric Bledsoe there too. They, they, <laughs> that's a joke. They could do with Dante DiVincenzo though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, that, that would help a just bit. with the way that's unfolding. Uh, but, Dante is reflective of you look at the roster and you look yes. at how this series is playing out and you look at some of the pieces that the Nets are going to and you're like, you know what would be useful? If the Bucks had drafted more guys and had more young, mobile, kind of versatile players that were just healthy, available, and playable. And that's the greater concern because we know there's not a, a slew of those arriving anytime soon either. So your first pick... This draft, come on, bring it on. You know who would have helped in this game is 2020 
21 Sterling Brown would have been a useful guy to have off the bench. He played well and he shot 42%. Like a real uh, two guard. I don't know. A real two? I'm sorry. I, can't. I don't know if he's any, in any condition to play it doesn't make at the end of the season. Or was I, he hurt by the end of the year? I, he, he had that incident at that uh, oh, strip club. Yeah, yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. He had that uh, incident. I love that, George. For, that was playing for that. Uh, got to dress it up a little bit. I digress. Um, <laughs> the point, like they, they just haven't, they haven't, they, they lost all of them. all everyone that they've drafted is either terrible. But they whiffed or on them. Better. That's the well, point. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what. But yeah, exactly. We're not. Sterling had disagreeing. his moments, right? And in theory, that would be perfect. In practice, we learned no, that's not a real thing, and that's that's the larger point. And we're just going through waves and waves of that. And like, if we're honest, we're really at that same point with Dante. Yeah. But yet, we could still see that. Dante is better than not having Dante with the way the roster is constructed right now, which yeah, just speaks to bigger issues. Yeah, and Christian Wood is the guy people will say. There's a lot to that. There's a lot to that. I mean, just that's the one one of the guys that has actually been quite good since he got away. It's whatever. It wouldn't have helped. Why did, why did the books trade away Dirk Nowitzki? This is what I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they literally did that. <laughs> we we forgot Jordan. Are the Bucks gonna win a game this series? I'm not letting no. you off the hook. Oh no. Wow. Um, I think it makes it worse that they have an extra day in between not just games two and three, but games three and four. I you think get a lot just, of time to think about this. Yeah, a lot of stewing, and there's not going to be a lot of uh, – and, like, you could flip that on its head and say, like, oh, the Nets are – oh, they're not, they're going to cool off with an extra day. It's like, no, they aren't. <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah, that about? Kevin Durant guy is so much trouble. Yeah. The ball in the hoop. He's a, he he's a one-game wonder, you know. Yeah. He's going to totally forget how it goes. Yeah. Rest I, has not served the books well already. No, you know, if no, we wanted to that's play the other that. thing. I don't think I don't think I, there's ever been I can't even remember like the last like oh the they're well rested. I mean they came into the series well rested. That's my point. Nothing. But the thing is we've seen them bad well rested and we've seen the bad without rest. Yeah. So they're just too often enough just not ready to play in multiple different circumstances after a long rest. I mean, yep. the Miami, think of how the Miami series started. That game shouldn't have been close, but they just couldn't hit a damn shot to start the series, even though they were taking much better shots than they are in this series. And I'm sure there's people out there, Bucks optimists, bless their hearts. They're going to look at the shooting splits again and go, oh, if we get some positive variants, they're going to be right back in this. And it's like, they're not taking very good shots. I mean, some of them are, I mean, when, Again, if Chris, you can look at the placement of the shots. You don't look at how those shots were generated. Yeah, yeah. Twenty-one seconds on the clock when they're giving yes. up a ten-zero run. Oh my like, god! There, this is another Ugh. one of those things that there was a time when I was more invested in analytics that I would have argued and said no. Like a semi-open three is always a good shot, but you can never, unless you are Durant or I mean, not even Curry, sometimes. It's just so hard to shoot yourself out of a slump like that. I just think it's impossible. I think you have to get to the rim and open things up, and then that basket looks so much wider. And the Bucks are, this whole series, have made it a habit of settling for these terrible, not even that open, contested jumpers from players who aren't nearly that level of play. I mean, Forbes actually made a couple, bless his heart. Middleton did after the game was over, as you said, Adam. But, mm-hmm. like, you just you need, especially against this team, but against any team, that's how you over for 29 or whatever the hell the Rockets went. Like, that's how that happens is if over and over and over, you're like, well, the math is right. It's going to go in eventually. Like, sometimes it just doesn't. And you have to go, no. like, 
put it in point blank a couple times, and then it's PJ Tucker can tell them a thing or two. I remember PJ Tucker being in that game. Oh yeah. Do you know what Mike James? I know plus minus, right? Noisy stat, not a not a be all and end all. But do you know through two games what his total plus minus is? I can imagine it's super high. It's plus forty two. Plus thirty in this game. Did you? Did either of you see my tweet? I tweeted Mike James would be the Bucks' ex best player tonight. One, two, three, or four. I think one was winning last time I checked it. That's obviously <laughs> facetious, but but Mike James came to play more than most players on the Bucks roster. Not he's not been better than them because he's he was on the couch for so long. It's he's that kind of player. But I think it's uh, kind of indicative of the whole Mets, not just Mike James, but. He has come to play, and he's been a huge – I mean, he has no fear. He's taking everyone on the team off the dribble and opening up shots, and none, no one on the Bucs has looked like that consistently through two games. Through two games, you do either of you have any Bucs player that you think is playing well or would kind of give credit for their performance? Thanasis. Uh, Thanasis is probably the, the easiest. I thought through one game, Lopez, but then – I think he's, he's too, close enough. Tonight wasn't great, and you you did make many, a good point with the jumpers. defense. Too many yeah. jumpers, um, and yeah, the defense. Yeah, again, I, I didn't think he was. He awful. was also. I feel like he's trying point, though. He's doing something that's which thing. is he, not a high bar, the, but he hit the corner three and that straight lean three, and it was like okay, the floodgates are open. Yeah, and I was like, nope. It just well, draws back down. It reminds me of game five against Miami in the bubble. Like he was the one guy who was really, really good yep. late in that series. I mean, he was, I was buying, I was believing in him through almost a lot of this season, despite how bad he looked on defense at times this year, how slower he looked because of that bubble run. It's just like, well, he's going to go out there and do whatever he can, no matter what, whatever he can may like tonight, not be nearly enough, but he's one of the few guys where I look at and go like, ah, I don't mind it. I don't, I don't, you can only ask for so much. I'd like to see him getting closer on. Sh- I'd like to see him rolling. His pick and roll stats this postseason are phenomenal. He's done it like nine times, shooting six for eight on those nine. Problem but- is the Bucks cannot, I mean, it's, it felt like tonight, too, uh, kind of like fridging the point of rolling with Brooke, Giannis for that matter, oh. and just like creating shots. It was just like anytime the, bu- the ball touched the paint, Nets hands everywhere. Yeah. And, turnover they're running on the break you know what i mean like yep. it was just like there's the defense was the obvious like kind of thing that you look at but some of the things that you just like look at and you're just like well how are you going to guard a seven footer hitting a fadeaway shot there's just some things that you just shrug your shoulders at yeah problem is that you shrug you're shrugging your shoulders at too many times when that happens and then you see like you know bruce brown and all that stuff but then the offense is just like it's the even when the through the seri- uh, season series, there was just all like it was just kind of like the ISO run and gun type style that we see from the Nets that the Bucks tried to emulate. And it was almost like, yeah, we were talking about how they played Giannis or how Drew and Chris looked in those games and all that stuff. It's like their offense can can like hang with them in quote unquote. And now going into the series or where we're at the series and you're just like, it would just, it was like, you know, holding back a, the final, you know, the a big jab and, and then you just get the haymaker, you know, I mean, that's where it just feels like they just can't, they, I don't know why they veered away from like what we kind of saw, like the more deliberate kind of style of, a play that we saw against Miami. Maybe it was just Miami was just that terrible. 
they just don't have control. It's it's panic yeah. stations, and that's yeah. what yes playing yes. a really exceptional all time offensive team does is because against the Heat, if they had you know four rough minutes to start the game, you weren't out of the game. Here, if you have four rough minutes to start the game and not have anything, you're you're down twelve points, which is what yeah. happened there. And it's like okay, now we've got no margin for error, and they just freeze up and. I mean, to your point, yeah, there's only so many times that you can be beaten by an incredible, you know, step back shot from the seven footer. But we all knew that coming in and we're like, the books can let that happen if they control the rest of the game. It's stuff like Blake Griffin being first on the floor for every loose ball. Oh my God. Yeah. The, it's the over. Amount of- like the guy has no, his, le- his knees are like, they're worse than my knees and my knees aren't good. And he's getting to everything first. Bruce it's, Brown putting it's at in that, a at that point you just can't untouched. you can't live with them. You're you're not winning extra possession battles, which again was something that you know you destroyed Miami. You yeah. destroyed them. And for the books, we know, and coming into this series, we talked about what you got to do with your size, how you've got to kind of win in the margins, but there are areas where those wins in the margins could be really significant. It's not happening. It's the gap is too close. And in some cases, the Nets are actually winning those battles and then doing the thing that we knew all along they would have the edge in. The Bucks only won the rebounding battle by two in this game. And it's like that's one of the things like the Nets Thoughts. were always gonna like, the Nets were always gonna be better in half court. They just were. I yeah. mean, they they have a bad defense. You couldn't you can attack it more than the Bucks have, I think. Although, as you mentioned, Jordan, they they're not playing like a bad defense in this series. And I think a lot of it comes from the success on the other end. I think it's a lot easier to play that defense, but that's not an excuse for the Bucks. I mean, you can't that they're absolutely letting failures on, I think, defense to start that aren't even always failures. I mean, yeah, Ky- Katie and Kyrie are gonna hit shots in your face. Like that's that's just life. Happens a couple times. The Bucks get these trigger happy jumpers, and then the, the plot is lost and they're done. But yeah. you know, that can't just be an excuse. But the way to counteract Brooklyn being better in half court is like have more tries. It's like the new draft philosophy, right? Like no one's good at drafting. You need more bites at the apple to succeed. That was the, that should have been the Bucks' thought on possessions. The Bucks definitely haven't got that memo. But <laughs> they don't have a lot of tries. memos at them. They, they went the other way. They're, they're trying they're to have less tries. Yeah. Everybody yeah. You know, you miss on Jabari and you just go, you know what? Why even? And Thon and a lot of other guys. You just go, why even try? What's the point? But, you know, that, that was the way to win. It was like, okay, we're a little worse scoring per possession, but we have a third more possessions. And the math works out for us a lot of the times in the long haul. And if the shooting is close, you can win games that way. And, you know, right now they're getting outshot. They're they're getting out hustled. They're, they're not rebounding. I mean, they had the same amount of defensive rebounds. Milwaukee has 11 offensive boards. Brooklyn has nine. And every single one felt like just backbreaking. I mean, you're probably not going to give up zero offensive rebounds, but like a huge play. You can live with KD dunk. getting some. He's seven yeah. foot. He's incredibly skilled. It's all those other ones. It's Blake, like all of Brown's Brown. rebounds are hustle rebounds. Yep. Yeah. I'm Blake touched. getting a put back. It's you just you're not doing enough to get yourself in position to stop him. And just generally, just talking of getting in position, the position you're putting in. Like, how lucky must the Nets feel? You see how the Bucks played against the Heat, and I'm sure they watched film on that and were like, okay, this is this could be really tough. This is a different team. And all of a sudden, the ball isn't moving anymore. You know, just don't do that. 
They're, they play iso ball. Giannis goes back to putting himself in spots where he's basically set up to fail. Um, we can, five. you know, we could talk about Bud doing that too, and that certainly also applies. But, you know, Giannis has been playing the game for a while now, and he should have a sense of what he's good at, where he's good at, maybe more importantly. And it's not happening. He's finding himself in the positions where he should be, you know, no, you know what? I'm going to call someone over. I'm going to hand this off. And then I'm going to go straight into setting a screen. And instead, it's like, no, okay. Everyone's cleared out. I'm going to go ISO against someone and shoot a tree. Why not? Well, there's five, six seasons of, you know, the answer to why not. I hate to uh, reference my own Twitter profile, but maybe Jason <laughs> Kidd was right about Giannis shooting. Well. How about that? <laughs> is this the time where we talk about? So, if if the books are to have a new head coach next year, oh right, god, <laughs> is it time to try something different? Maybe something that you know the whole NBA. Let's has. do this when he's at the. <laughs> you know, no one does anymore. No one really blitzes anymore. Could there be? You know, could there be something there? Could there be something you could pick up? Yeah, in all seriousness, on this because. Barring some sort of miracle, we are heading towards obviously. <laughs> I think a coaching change, and if you not, would you would hope an all an all time meltdown, and certainly lots of conversation about why it should happen and why maybe it doesn't happen. If they go that way, though, like let's not make this complicated and a game of who's available, who's not. If you're picking coaches, you can have coaches who are in a job, just kind of ideologically. What you're looking at with this roster, who are the kind of people you're looking for? Is our answer going to be different? Or what is, how much does our answer differ from how the Bucks will look at it? That's, I don't want to think about that. Let me just hear your answer first, and then we can try to unpack that part afterwards. Um, I'm just trying to. I mean, I, I briefly, I, I won't, I won't lie. I, I had a raise eyebrow moment. Was it last night? It was last night. I, just just for a moment. No, no. But that's the road that the books have dallied halfway twice, down before. Um, when I saw he left that job, my reaction was kind of, is there really a non-rebuilding team that's going to do that? And now that you've said that, Jordan... I feel my I would like to see dropping. it with an actually good team. That's the That's thing. That's true. I, I, I don't think know he's a good coach. <laughs> I don't know. Um, when there was half a moment last night where it's like people were going to have some questions about Rick Carla, I was like, yeah, that w- wouldn't that be a fun world to live in? And then Mark Cuban came out and said the thing, which I think is the most important thing anyone ever says about coaches. And I, I think even the most anti Bud people should kind of read Mark Cuban's uh-huh. quote. Don't have it the hand, but it's you know along the lines of this isn't the business where you can just fire a coach because it seems like things aren't going well. You've got to really, really know you've got the next best thing coming. The books aren't going to be doing that this summer. They're not going to know they've got a better thing coming, but they're probably going to have to do it anyway. And that is a bad place to be in. I think they can and, feel pretty comfortable. There's a better thing coming. Ty Lue was available last summer, by the way. I, I don't feel comfortable. I, I think there's a very good chance that whatever happens this summer, the books are going backwards and may never get to the spot there in the next two years again. Let's 
possible, but I don't think it's necessary. I, I will lean sixty forty on it. I'm not saying it's a. I'm not saying yeah. it's impossible to improve on Bud to improve the roster around the margins, but. Actually, I disagree with you entirely because they haven't gone anywhere the last two years. They haven't made it out of the second round since 2019. That's very doable in the East. That's a good point. That's very doable. And the, the other thing, too. Do, do we is, care about making it out of the second round, though? Because No, but your statement was they won't be as but, good as they've been the last. They haven't been that good. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't even take that as something because there's no difference. Like, they didn't make it out of the second round last year. They may not make it out of the second round this year. <laughs> Those things are two entirely different like just because they're the second round, I can't treat them as the same thing. Like I, I, I can only view it in how close are they to a championship, and are they getting closer further away? Not in the the measure of the structure of the season, yeah. but in terms of as an actual team when you where watch their roster them, is, who the best coaching. team is exactly, yeah. how close they are to that, and that's where are they? You know, they were probably closer last year. It was just a weird season. They did a terrible job when it mattered. I think we all know the closest they were, and maybe their best chance in all of this will have been the first time around. And you're kind of like, oh, it's the first time there'll be other opportunities. Maybe there isn't. I this is this is just how sports go. And it, it is really nice to imagine, you know, you can get the and you can get the right coach next time, and you can get better. Maybe I've just been too worn down by all of this, though, that I I don't have any kind of belief, any kind of conviction, thinking that that is the route. I think it's very possible you get someone who on paper could be a great idea. Bud was that. Like, Bud was that, and we saw some gains. The gains aren't going to be as easy for the next guy. And the improvements, you know, are very tough to make, particularly with the roster as it is. And with that, I I get nervous. It doesn't mean you don't make the move. And I think it may just be at a point where it's like, you know what? Enough is enough on both sides here. I think we can all see there's changes needed to get over the hump. We've got to try something. And that is what this is going to boil down to for me more than it's not, but it's this guy. Because I don't think that this guy, like if you want to say guaranteed, that's a better coach that could get you there. You're talking very small number. You're talking on one hand coaches in the NBA that don't have another flaw of their own that we could all be freaking out about and could be costing the books a year from now. And I I think it's dicey. Like I'm fine with that. I understand that's how it is. And it's also the path that could lead to a championship. I'm not entirely sure if everyone is ready for how rough it could be if at this point in their journey, this is a summer of change. And a summer of change potentially on all levels could be a summer of change in the front office. Will likely and should be a summer of change in terms of coaching, and I'd say should be with players, but remains to be seen. I don't know. I it's something we'll obviously talk a whole lot more about. But if you still feel that strongly about, it, I am curious as to just what is the root. I don't expect you to have the right answer. It's impossible. It's the same reason I don't expect the books to have it. But what is the route that you would go where you think, you know, maybe this is it? Like, is it possible they do the Nick Nurse thing? And it's like, maybe it's Darvin Ham. Maybe there's enough here. You get someone, but it's a different perspective, a different voice. I don't know. Or are you hoping for a real top tier proven marquee coach? Who knows? Maybe you could convince someone 
hey, do you want to come coach Giannis? Oh, I think they'll have their pick of whoever's available. I mean, it's you look at the jobs available, Portland with Dame already voicing some discontent and even a more flawed roster than the Bucks and a worst, arguably worse, worse superstar. Um, I think they'll be able to choose my thing. I think I tweeted this today. I have no idea. Clearly um, people keep sending me names. I don't know. I haven't talked to these people. I, I haven't studied what we don't even know what, anything about a lot of these assistant coaches. Like we hear a snippet or two a year. That's it. I want to get Portland. Be, oh God. Um, not him. Um, I want it to be a, a, a he real. He set a tone, right? They, they yeah. might come with some uh, some different energy. Only if Greg Foster comes with him. Um, <laughs> Agreed. I want a wide-ranging search, and I want them to legitimately bring in like five candidates and interview them and get their thoughts. Like I don't want this. This, this. hasn't gone well for the books before, wide-ranging searches. What was it, the GM? <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's definitely. I mean, they did it for coaching too, but. That's true. Because um, it was like. GM is the one that sticks out in my memory because yeah. obviously well, they need to be able to actually that, execute the the hire. That's I mean that that it kind of implied they have to be able to do that. I don't know. They did better with coaching, as in their process it, yeah. was better. It was less yes. stress free. Most mostly, I think I just some stuff in the back of my head. I won't say on a podcast. I think it's it was it was mostly stress free. Yeah, um, but and I like the hire at the time. I just think it hasn't worked out, and there's been sure. just inexplicable things uh, in all the postseasons. But um, I have no idea. I think I would lean assistant because I'm just really not that enthused by any of the retreads that are going to be available. I was very high on Ty Lue. I don't think there's going to be anyone like that this time around that is just like proven a legitimately very good coach, which is what you're talking about. And there about. is – I mean – there is. I know he comes with a bad rap, and I'm not certainly. I was not vouching for this last offseason either. But there's no Doc Rivers. You yeah, know, you know what I mean. Like, if anything, yeah. Bud is going to be the Doc Rivers. That's yeah, what it's going to be. No, it's, the Trailblazers are going to be very happy to add Mike Budenholzer and win yeah. more games in the regular season than they have in years past. But they might um, be better at the playoffs of Bud too. It's possible. I mean, the, the Sixers might be as well. But. um I, I, that's why I almost go away from these established coaches, though, because I just feel like so often it is you, you're more likely to get a Doc Rivers than a Ty Lue. So I that's would the, lean assistant, but I, I just want them to talk to five people. And honestly, like in terms of what I actually want to see out of the coach, someone who looks at Giannis is more of a center than a perimeter player, because I think that's how yes. you that's how you improve by next year. I think that is it's not just a coach. It's Giannis. Giannis looks at yeah, himself it's like it's, it's the whole. Yep. The whole front office. Yep. It's the whole entire entire organization. That's the biggest question in terms of what they can control. Um, that's facing them moving forward because you're not. We've seen this the last three years. You're not going to wait. You're not going to win. You know, with the wall there, in yep. that in the way that it's constructed every time, even when it's Blake Griffin versus three defenders. You know, but to your point of like what you guys are saying, it's like. My thing, my big question is, so we go from kid to bud, and that was just, you know, the door was open. Everything was that was, you know, forbidden. You get to uncover this terrain. You know what I mean? So everything is fair game. There's no more terrain for them to really just kind of find. What Like, what is... Where do they go in terms of finding a new voice? What 
what organizational or ideological like philosophy do they turn to? Because before it was like, let's let it fly. Let's play a distinct style def- defense. We heard that one before, <laughs> but it worked to success and it worked to success until it did it. And now it's like, what, what do, what does the, the Bucks roster as constructed, what will they respond to? And that's where to Adam's point, it's not, that's where it gets way more muddy because now you're learning how does, how does Giannis want to play? How does Giannis see his future? How does Chris see his future? If it's here, how does Drew see his future? He just signed a big, pretty big contract. You know what I mean? Like, more important, Jordan, more important. How did the book see all of those things? You know what? Giannis has signed his Supermax, right? Yes. He's under contract. We know yeah. that doesn't mean a whole lot, but it means something. You've, this is where a direction has to come. This is where if horse is empowered and horse is the guy, he's got to be strong. This is, you know, whichever owner is holding the lucky golden ticket at the moment, I guess, to make the calls, <laughs> define what the organization is, what the team is, and then you make your calls. You can't, you can't go through this of, we're going to fire Bud and we're going to trade Chris and you know what? We'll bring in X coach and this player will come back in a trade. Maybe we'll find these two guys in free agency and this is our roster and then be like, you know, everything is the same because yeah. that, that is also the thing. If we take Bud two years, which we've now reached a point where we're seeing things we saw before. So it's easy to be like, you know, same old Bud and it is same old Bud. Yeah. But it's also not because we have seen two very different versions of Bud um, defensively in particular, but even in some of the offensive ideas, things like minutes have stayed the same. Some of the rotations have stayed the same, maybe in part due to the tools that are there from the front office. But there isn't a great radical idea that, you know, you can keep these pieces in their same slots and completely turn the thing upside down. I wish, I'm with everyone, I wish the books were, you know, six more Giannis minutes a game away from being NBA champions. They are not. They're just not. They're not anywhere close to it. Would it help? For sure. So that's on Bud. That's not a good thing. But that is not what we're talking about. It's not like, just get a coach in. He'll play him six more minutes. Let's let NBA Twitter, let's let books Twitter coach the team. It's... I, I wish, I wish it was a simple, but Ty said organizational failure, you know, for, for this game, for this performance, where this seems to be going. I, I think you nailed it there, Ty. I think it's, it's pretty deep rooted and we've now leaned so far into that. Like the season is over, that the books are going to win some games. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to win some games. I can't happen. wait. Bud's going to have a statue in six months. Uh, <laughs> uh, this podcast is going to exist. Yeah. Um, you know, it's honestly, I wouldn't have an issue with it existing because like, that's what happens when you play a game. For like sure. Bucks played in game yeah. two. This is a, not an illogical response to that. It's game a crisis point. Yeah, Bucks I mean, existentialism is back <laughs> with a vengeance. <laughs> But I think it's like probably worse than ever because this is the new and improved team and all these new yeah. things. It's like the exact, not the exact, well, pretty much the exact same result. And just like crushing, embarrassing failure and the brightest, under the brightest lights that I won't say inexplicable, but just 
now that it's happened almost feels like it was obviously going to happen the whole time, even though I agree, Jordan, I think the signs were there. I think believing in the bucks was perfectly valid, not just because I did, they did look better and they did look different, but I think that shows you there's some deep rooted issues. I think there could, you could get more out of this roster, but organizationally looking at Giannis the same way, I think there is probably a, a ceiling. I think there's a lot needs to change, um, but not that much is going to change before game three. So what do you guys want to see out of the Bucks in game three? Is it just as simple as fight and nothing else matters? Is that it? I don't know. Oh, I don't. Ty, I don't have an answer for that question. I'd like to not be completely miserable. Yeah, I I don't know if either of you are on that podcast. I actually, I that I, right now that might just be me. Um, oh, yeah. so if I'm doing a solo game three podcast, <laughs> you're gonna be like Robert Redford books? and all is lost. <laughs> you're just out in the sea, just like holding onto a dinghy. <laughs> We might open it up. Like you got, if you guys aren't there, I might just be like Twitter. Who wants to come on? <laughs> just we'll throw you on locker room. You can bring everyone up on stage. Just um, you're all you're all welcome. <laughs> I think I would like to see two quarter, two good quarters. I think that's that's a start, right? I guess they did have two good quarters in the game one, but I don't think I don't know. I I, I have no. I have I have an actual answer. I would like to yeah. see. Giannis play a good game, not in yeah. terms of a stat line, but in terms of make some good decisions. And if you lose with, you know, Drew and Chris doing some more ball handling, him getting himself in better spots to attack and attacking from off the ball rather than on the ball and trying to play the Nets in ISO, you know, let's get to playing to his strengths and let's see what that does. That would make me feel good to begin with because I think if you do that, you'll find yourself in a game. And based on what we've seen through two games, to just be in a game would be nice. You know, the possibility of 2-1 would be a big improvement. Yeah, my th- I want to see a great game from Giannis just because you could talk about trading Chris. I don't think yeah. many people are. You could talk about trading Drew. You know, I've already seen a couple takes thrown out there. It's very ridiculous. But, like, Giannis is the guy that the Bucks need to be able to win a championship with. You're not going to get another guy like this. You're not going to get a guy like this back. If if you're one of the four people out there who says the Giannis not mentally tough enough, can't shoot, you got to trade him. You're getting back like to a Tobias Harris level player and two Josh Richardson level players and a bunch of draft picks that Bucks are well documented, not going to use all that well. So yeah, this is the guy. Oh, if your if your point like, is true, right? If that is the case, maybe that is the case. Maybe he's not that guy. This is not a new conversation either. It's the long-running conversation of, you know, maybe he's like your second option on a true championship team. You've got to get the one. Andy Davis to your... Exactly. If yeah, you've got to get one megastar. <laughs> but if that is the case, that's fine. Most teams would kill to have that second guy and have him be good enough that maybe you could lure guy number one. So, yes. maximize him. You have to maximize him. Your, your point no is you entirely valid because yeah. even if you got a bigger and better player if that is a thing that people believe is out there and is out there you're gonna need Giannis alongside them to get the thing done it's it's the the lottery ticket we all know this look we don't even are there really books fans probably that yes are for like, sure yes definitely <laughs> Are, do, are we gonna call those people book fans? Uh, I mean, all disrespect to you if you're listening and you're like trade Giannis. I mean, um, I'm not gonna judge how anyone deals with what happened tonight. But uh, my second, I am. 
Yeah, you will. My second thing is I want to see a good Drew game. I think trading Chris seems like an obvious something that's very much going to be on the table at this point. I mean, the stat line tonight, we all talked about how he saved it in basically garbage time. He was still seven for 20. Like that was post saving the game. Like it was yeah. atrocious. He shot what? Six for 23 on in game one. Yeah. I remember the talking point was drew and Chris aren't going to be this bad again. And drew was not great either. He just didn't shoot enough. I think drew needs to shoot more. So I want to see drew and Giannis have a good game and I want to see them have literally a good two man games. I think if Dame isn't coming out of nowhere to save the team or anything else, like, that's probably a pair you're going to need to maximize. So let's start doing that now and get a head start on next year. Um, I'm not saying Chris is for sure traded. There needs to be someone worth getting. I mean, I'm not interested in. McCollum. No, look, I think it's just you've got to. We've got to explore, how things are going exactly. You've got to make some phone calls rather than just take some phone calls. Yes. that's all it is. If you don't, if there isn't an offer out there, you obviously you don't move on from a guy who is very good if you can't get something better. But you've got to be open to some more creative solutions, maybe some solutions that actually get you depth, you know, real depth you can rely on or solutions that make you younger. You know, you've got to weigh up your options, possibly in a different way. He is someone who's going to factor into that. Brooke is someone who will factor into that. I I think Drew is, you know, Drew is just here. I think he's almost a perfect fit with Giannis. And he also could be a perfect fit with, any other player you were to ever bring in, including like a point guard, he could be the yeah. two. Yeah. You know, he's, I think that's fine, but I don't know if there's anything else on the roster that you just don't make some calls as well as taking some calls and just yeah. see, you don't have to do something, but you have to, you know, explore those options. You really owe it to yourself. You owe it to everyone because otherwise we're staring down, you know, the definition of insanity. Yeah. So those, those to me are the two most permanent fixtures. Plus of course, Justin Jackson, three for three plus seven in this game. Those are the three fixtures. So I want to see those guys have good games. This is a 2014, 15 books box score. When you look like no one cracking 20 points, Yeah. like you just look down the line. If I don't, if I don't look across at names, like, or we could go back further. I'd be expecting, like, oh, I'll look over that guy might be Jeff Adrian. Um, <laughs> Jeff Adrian would have put up more fight and grabbed some hey, Gutierrez. <laughs> also, it's like two zeros and three twos point totals for guys who played real rotational minutes in this game. So, yeah, very 14, 15 bucks in that there is almost no one you can rely on. You know what I want to see next year? You know what my wish list is? Not a certain player or anything, a two way guard coming off the bench. They need that so badly. So badly. So Dante? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's more George Hill, I think, is probably the that kind of player. Yeah. It's closer to what you're getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's more of a combo guard an Austin Rivers, I guess, based on the way he's played. But this is another another long standing Adam and I gripe, not to belabor this point. But it's like, when is the last time the Bucks drafted a, a true point guard? Every time. I'm like, just draft a point guard. Just draft a point guard. Yeah. Don't draft even a combo guard with ball skills. Like yeah. a combo guard that their their primary skill is ball skills, right? Start there and just they don't do it. They will never do it every time. I'm like, Rogan's like, like the like closest thing that they've I it. feel like there was an accident with that. Yes. Like uh, they didn't know knowing, exactly knowing how that, that unfolded too. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do we have any other thoughts about the Milwaukee Bucks or this game? Yeah, we've got a whole all season's worth. <laughs> yeah. I think is the the real answer to that. Um, I don't know if it's going to be uplifting, but yeah. it will certainly have a lot of you know the content intriguing gonna be here. Yeah, the there's going to be, gonna be here. there's going to be some fiery content. We don't even have Rowan on tonight. Rowan's going to bring some fire. That's what he can be relied upon for. <laughs> um, I don't know. He's having some internet problems. Maybe he'll need some fire. You know, keep warm. I saw some tweets earlier, but I look, let's just hope for some life in game three and we'll yeah. take it from there. Maybe Sapphire. they win one and the next episode could be a little more optimistic. And they at least, it would just be nice not for this thing to just completely bottom out. It's not going to change what we're talking about today, but. There are some, this whole thing can't just be torn down and disappear. There are some parts of this that are going to come back next year, come back the year after that. If we just minimize the scar tissue, it might be too late already, but if we could just minimize exactly what the baggage they'll be carrying with them, that will be great. Or maybe they're just going to continue this run and we're going to have this forever. I don't know how long it would take before they get past the cycle of, they lose to a team and then the next year they come back and beat them. <laughs> Eventually, would they manage to navigate through four rounds all the, of all the postseason? Good, all the good teams in the East, it would take them a really long time to get through the West. Though. I haven't even got yeah. to the Sixers yet in any series. So, you know, that's when that day comes, we know they're going to lose the first year to the Sixers and then the next year, maybe. What if the Hawks are good now? That's another. See, so it could be some time. <laughs> We have to just hope that whoever wins the West this year is just a mainstay winning the West for like the next five years. So the Bucks only have to make it to the finals twice to get the ring. And looking Something at the West, about. that is absolutely not going to be the yeah, case. It's, it's so not, everything not. is coming up books. <laughs> 50 years since the championship. Here's to 50 more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jordan, final thoughts. Um... They can't play worse. <laughs> that can sounds they? like a challenge. Can they? Can sure. they? Are we sure? That sounds. I like think a that's challenge. where I'm at. That sounds like a, they've shot under thirty percent from three. I think in two straight games, it does seem unlikely that that at least happens again. Although we doesn't feel that unlikely. Wow, we're here. This is uh, this is. When's the last time the Bucks fans have been down this bad? Because I think the bubble, I don't know if it ever got like this, really. Maybe it did. I, I think the bubble got like this. It probably the, bu- the bubble did. was bad. I agree, but I think, I think don't, it was easier don't forget to call that it a fluke, like the Bucks well, organization did. Sure, but Giannis hadn't put pen to paper at that point, that's so the true. stakes were, were higher. It's easy to forget. Yeah, Things that could element be... changes it. Yeah, there's no there's no super max extension. Like Dante? Yeah, there's no <laughs> there's no concerns. Um, even like, you know. I'm not worried about Bobby Portis's option. I'm sorry, Ty. I'm not yeah. even worried about Bryn Forbes' option. Because I would still like to keep Bryn, but I would like to keep Bryn. But if Bryn goes, I'm not like that's it. I would you understand. They've they've fallen apart. Their chances are gone with Bryn Forbes because their chances were never really there with Bryn Forbes to begin with. It seems. Well, on that note, thanks for listening to this episode of the Eurostep Podcast Network. This was a Eurostep Win in Six collab. Make sure to subscribe to both podcasts. Oh, it's super easy. It's one button, both located on the same feed 
all the great uplifting content that the three of us plus <laughs> my co-host Rohan Cotty will be creating throughout the rest of this lengthy Bucks playoff run and of course into the offseason. Hopefully we don't have too many more half post-game pod, half coaching carousel updates, but you never know. Uh whatever's It'll going on. It'll just be all coaching carousels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever's going on with the Bucks, we are going to keep covering it. We are going to be going through it with all of you. So make sure to rate, subscribe, review, unsubscribe, unrate, unreview, and then do it all again. Help us cook the books. Uh, really appreciate the support. You can follow us on Twitter at Ty Windish, at Adam McGee 11, and at Jordan Tresky, and at Eurostep Podcast, at Win and Six, the numeral podcast. Thank you so much for all the support. Um, it, it, we do appreciate it. There's been a lot of very nice tweets and, and reviews and posts in the discord since we've been doing this podcast network together so even if you know the bucks aren't giving us reasons to feel good at least the, the listeners are we do appreciate that thank you for listening and we will be back next time i would say go bucks but don't really have it in me tonight. they're going somewhere <laughs>